You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Welcome to episode 13 of The Collected Podcast with Jess Biondo, Tia McNelly, and Michaela Hooper. Today, we are interviewing Nicole Magrida, author of Nourish Your Tribe. Yes, we are super excited to have Nicole on the podcast today because she just launched her book, Nourish Your Tribe, like Jess said, and immediately, like the day it launched, it skyrocketed to the top of several categories um, as a number one bestseller on Amazon. And so, yeah, this book is quite timely, I think. It really touches on um, some of the issues around nutrition that keep kind of getting pushed beneath the surface. And um, I love the way that she handles it through science. Mm. So everyone listen up. This is a great interview with Nicole Magrita. Hi, Nicole. Welcome. Hi. I am so excited about your new book. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So you and I have talked a bit, uh, like kind of along the way, as you've been Mm -hmm. working on your book. And I know Mm -hmm. that it has been a passion project for you. Yes. And sometimes, um, sometimes on the podcast and at Collected, we talk about giving our best yes. And how sometimes when we say yes, we don't know exactly what we're getting into. And the things that we say yes to can be a bit of a struggle. So would you say that your book is kind of one of those times when it was hard, but it was worth it? And if so, like, talk about that a little (laughs) bit for us. Uh, Yes, absolutely. It was definitely, there were definitely a lot of points that it was a struggle. I think for me, it was a a struggle in a sense um, that being a, uh, when I first had kids, you know, I always struggled with being a working mom versus, you know, finding that work-life balance, which I think many moms feel that way. It's kind um, of a myth, don't you think? Y- y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to be like 100% at it all and making yeah. it work and keeping mm-hmm. all the balls in the air at all the same time. So for me at the time when I decided to start writing, which was five years ago, I, um, I had a lot um I was trying to figure out how I was going to make it work while while I was already working, and um, you know I had a family, I had two kids, I have a husband. I you know just trying to make your home life as, go as smoothly as possible, and um, at the same time now add in this new challenge of finding time to write a book. Which if if at least for me writing, you know, it is not a matter of doing it in you know thirty minutes. I need like a blocks of three hours of time, mm-hmm. especially in a nonfiction book where I'm doing tremendous amounts of research. So right. I, sometimes I would spend an hour or two just researching before I even got to the writing part. Yeah. So I needed blocks of time, and I didn't have blocks of time. So in order to fit that in, I would have to take away time from my family, and mm-hmm. that's where I really struggled because you know you have this. I have this vision of the type of mom I want to be and how present moment I want to be with my kids. And, you know, my husband would take him, we're going to the Whitewater Center, we're going hiking or whatever it was. Um, you know, I missed out on some of those experiences. Or my husband would say, go for a weekend to just write and I'll take care of the kids. And, you know, every and every single one of those moments, I had sort of a knife through my heart because I was missing out on these moments that I know that are going to be gone really soon. So yeah. um, that was the struggle. For sure. Is finding that and doing everything else 
the way I envisioned it, you know, right. to do it well. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to, to make sense of those trade-offs, but why was it worth it? I think um, in the end, when um, now looking back, I can tell that when while going through the process, I think I've modeled things for my kids mm-hmm. in ways that um, sort of, you know, even simple things like when you start a project, you finish it. Mm-hmm. And even when it, it's it's really, really tough and even when you struggle at times, you push through, especially when it's your passion and it's yeah. something that you're really um, committed to and want really badly to make a difference that you stick to it and you and you finish it. Wow. And so that to me was something that I felt like, wow, I think it's worth it then because yeah. I think my kids picked up on that. And even like from a female standpoint, like from my daughter and just just modeling certain things about, you know, working. And I, I just I, I feel like there was there was definitely benefits that came out of it. I bet they're really, really proud of you. <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, they are. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they are. I cute. saw um, an Instagram or I guess it was a Facebook post on your author page of, yeah. of your daughter holding the book. And I was yes. like, this is such a great moment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, she's my tribe. Like she's, you yeah. know, she's it. Yeah. She's part of my. Yeah. So tell us She's, why you wrote the book, because I yeah. think that's a big part of it, yeah? Oh, goodness, yes. Uh, I wrote the book because, well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, you know, my journey, I've, I've been doing this for so long that I, you know, I've met, um, <clears throat> I've worked in the clinic settings and community settings and corporate settings, and um, throughout the journey, um, I've met a, a variety of different people that have said, um, made different comments to me about food and nutrition and health that have made me scratch my head. And I, I've always said, you know, maybe if I write it down, man, my 20 years of knowledge, maybe if I write it down and put it in a book, um, people will, um, they'll hear the, they'll hear the message, they'll get it. And so, um, that was initially my thoughts because I was getting some, even like in, even in the school setting, you know, I, I've worked with many schools and trying to help them transform like, or even start wellness programs and doing something as simple as changing a lunch program, you know, having parents get mad at me when I take fried foods off the menu, cause I'm trying to do something that's beneficial for the kids. And I've had moms hot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure. really upset. And I have to really explain to them, like, I'm doing this, like, I, cause I care about your child, you mm-hmm. know, cause I really care. And I've, and I really felt like you're, they're missing the picture and, and over for me, and it's not gonna, I'm not going to change their mind in a five or 10 minute quick conversation. So I felt maybe if I put the science in there, maybe if I, I put the hardcore information yeah. in there maybe they'll get it and then the other side of me is you know I work in a clinic with kids um, uh, a few times a month and um, the chronic disease that we're seeing today is so uh, enormous you know 75% of our healthcare costs are from chronic diseases and chronic diseases are not cured by a pill they're cured by they're cured by lifestyle um, choices And, um, you know, we hear so much about the obesity epidemic in kids and a lot of people just sort of disregard it if their kid's not obese, but it's much, much more than obesity. Um, you know, we have one, well, we have one in three, um, one in three adults and one in five kids that are obese, but you know, even diabetes, when I worked in outpatient clinics in, uh, the late nineties, there was no such thing as type two diabetes in kids. I, Mm -hmm. I actually run a clinic twice a month now for kids with metabolic syndrome that just have obesity and diabetes and triglyceride levels. So that's how much the shift has been. That and is it's wildly compelling. It's, yeah. it's wow. unbelievable. And people don't recognize recognize how much change has happened in our lifetimes mm. in just the past 30 
30 years, really. And it's our, our children's lives that are being affected the most. And all of our lives, really, are being mm-hmm. affected. But the transformation of how much chronic disease we have that's grown, like um, uh, food allergies, for example, have grown since, it, I, I would say, around the year 2000. Food allergies have grown about 50%. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Actually, they grew 50% in just a 10-year period. I don't know the wow. exact dis- statistics from the CDC. But, um, yeah, one in 13 kids have a food allergy. The average of about two kids per classroom that I know is true in my kids' class. Sure. Um, ADHD has grown, you know, 42% in, wow. since, two th- I think, 1997, in like an eight-year period since 1997. Um, That's, uh, that is incredible. It is. Autism mm-hmm. is another huge one. In mm-hmm. 1970, um Autism occurred in about 1 in 10,000 kids. In 1995, it occurred in 1 in 1,000 kids. Wow. And today, it occurs in 1 in 59 children. Ooh. What? So, and so I don't think people understand That's the insane. gravity or the just the, the enormity, really, of, of chronic illnesses. And I could go on and on. I mean, mm-hmm. things that I see in clinic, like constipation or irritable bowel syndrome or autoimmune conditions, mm-hmm. um, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, um, just there's so many of these chronic conditions that are on the rise. We have to stop for a moment and say, what is causing this, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what my book gets into, and it sort of explains that and explores that because it, we're no longer in a place where we can. Um, uh, it's not enough to just tell people to change their diet and just eat mm-hmm. healthy. I think we truly need to understand how we fit into like a society and a culture that does everything in its power mm-hmm. to encourage us to consume vast quantities of um, processed unhealthy foods. Mm-hmm as well as expose us to untested uh, chemicals in our environment mm-hmm. and at large quantities. So those things and many other things are affecting our health. And so, I, and it's just in this very short time period. So yeah, that, wow. it's those things that I think really drove me to write it. And that's really what it focuses on. Wow. How do we address it? How do we recognize it? And then what do we do about it? Yeah. And I can definitely say f- for myself, I have rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. Yeah. And dietary changes have the most impact of anything that I've tried. Diet and exercise have changed everything for me. And I remember um, when I was first diagnosed, I was on a chemotherapy drug, a biologic, and like three, I was on steroids too, and two other anti-inflammatories, including an NSAID, which was killing my gut. So I now take one medication Good. One medication. Good. Yeah. And the rest is handled through diet and yeah. exercise. Yeah. And it's that's and that is remarkable. Ex- yeah, yeah, it is remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. And that is what people don't recognize, like yeah. the power of food. Like yeah. they don't they don't put those linked together. Even when people eat like you know, breakfast, lunch or dinner, they don't and they have an ailment or they have, you know, brain fog or, you know, tension problems or whatever the issue is, a stomach upset, they don't often look back two hours earlier and think, What right. did I eat? And right. how could that have affected? at me they think oh it's my screaming children or it's my stressful (laughs) job or they don't link it to food and you need to you need to understand that you know your microbiome your gut health it responds within 24 hours of you eating something it's 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 sending signals throughout your entire body yeah so there's a lot that happens and i Mm think people need to really really understand its power yeah and you just hit on something michaela we talk a lot about the way that the mind and the body and the heart Mm -hmm. and the spirit interact at collected workshops and um you you've basically just given us a scientific explanation Mm -hmm. and i love the way that creation science and creation reflects god's intelligent design absolutely and so um if if 
anyone out there is interested mm-hmm. in learning more about Collected Workshops and some of the content that we cover, we would love it if you would visit collectedworkshops.com and fill out an inquiry. Maybe we can talk about coming and visiting your community. And um, Michaela, talk a little bit about your part of Collected Workshops. Yeah, I, well, I lead worship, um, but I also just talk about the value of having intimacy with the Lord. And um, as Tia said, you know, it's it's a holistic approach. So the spiritual, the mental, emotional, physical, everything's connected. And um, so that's part of what I get to do at the workshops, which is amazing. Your body is the God-given vessel for your soul, mind, heart, and spirit while you're here on this earth. Our bodies must be cared for in order for us to be our best selves. How we're doing physically affects how we show up for those we love. Remember, at Collected, we know that self-care is not selfish. But knowing how to care for our physical bodies in the right way can be challenging. Having the tools, knowledge, and time is crucial. Katie Dixon, owner of Katie Fit and Block Charlotte, is your daily resource for education and inspiration that will help you care for your body. Follow her on Instagram at Katie Katie. That's at K-A-D-I-K-A-T-I-E. As a gift to the Collected Podcast listeners, Katie's offering a one-month trial at either of her studios. Follow at Katie Fit and Link Norman. That's at K-A-D-I-F-I-T or at block.clt in Charlotte. That's at B-L-O-C dot C-L-T. DM her for details on the special offer. Nicole, you mentioned um, your family and obviously, well, at least it seems like you wrote the book partly because of your, you know, your love for your family and the many kids that you work with. And um, I just wanted to see if you could just tell us a little bit about your faith background and your family and... Um, I think that's amazing that that has actually motivated um, part of what you do mm-hmm. and writing and, you know, as much as you had to take time away from your family for, you know, weekend here yes. and there, mm-hmm. but you also did it because you value um, your family. So would you tell us a little bit about your, your background? Sure. Um I, uh, how far do you want me to go back? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was born, um, I'm from upstate New York, and I um, was born into a Catholic family, and both my parents, uh, my mother's and father's side, were very um, faithful um, Catholics. And so Jesus has always been part of my life since day one, and I've always had that relationship um, and it's, you know, as I think it's your faith is a journey and, you know, it peaks and valleys, I think as a child and as a teenager and even, you know, as an adult, you know, you, you go through this journey with different life experiences. And, um, so yeah, I've, uh, I, I think I've been blessed in a way that, um, I've been very solid in my faith. I've, I, it's not like I've found Jesus because I feel like Jesus has always been part of me since mm-hmm. for my whole life. So I think that's a blessing. Awesome. Um, but I've also learned a lot through the journey. And, and surprisingly, in my life, um, I've learned a lot through um, people that have been very close to me that have passed. Mm-hmm. And I've had experiences through that that have been life-changing. Um, I don't know if I've answered your question, but... Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about, and, and so writing the book and, and there's a lot of prayer <laughs> and yes. getting through and getting through, um, right. you know, just like I was talking about the life, life work balance and all of that and figuring it out. And, um, but yeah, I've, I went to a Catholic college, so, you know, uh, I had very like-minded people surrounding me. I got, I got a, a lot of great comfort in knowing I could walk home from biology and stop at the chapel, you know. Yeah. yeah. It just, there's just that, that, I don't know, the spirit is always around. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but that has, that has um, peaked and valleyed through my life, you know, where I, there's also been times in my life where I've questioned, um, questioned God, like when my father died, who I was very, very close to. It was a very difficult time in my life. So that was a big challenge. But um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah. <laughs> who Who is somebody that, who's your greatest hero of the faith or somebody that's really influenced you, your person? In the faith mm-hmm. would be um, my aunt, my Aunt Marilyn. Uh, she is, was someone who... Um, Oh gosh, I can't. I, there, she exemplified um, Jesus's teachings to wow. me, which was in the most powerful way. Uh, how she lived her life, how she chose to, um, just the integrity she had, yeah. uh, the love she had for just human beings, and how she um, always, always was there to help anyone in need. Yeah. Um, she helped the poor she helped the people that were needy she she developed um prison ministries for women incarcerated that she knew didn't have any anybody on the outside that were caring about him and she also loved she was a nurse and she also loved um seniors so she um uh she developed a program so she wanted to give seniors purpose so she would go to um assisted livings and she'd have them write level letters to the women that were incarcerated so now she gave the people mm-hmm. purpose That's in beautiful. in wow. the nursing homes mm-hmm. and she also gave the the women that were incarcerated uh, you know and uh, love and to know that there's somebody that cares about them on the outside world so she did things like that right. um she was amazing as far as, as as a wife and a mother and an aunt um her husband's and i'm giving you examples because it's hard to encapsulate her sure. but um when my my her husband who she adored got really ill with louis body dementia for years and she had him in an assisted living home and um she couldn't afford it so she moved him home and she took care of him for eight straight years wow. at home. And his condition was such, and he was on hospice for a really long time, but his condition was such where uh, she couldn't leave him for more than two hours. So, and so she would work shifts and have some people come in, um, but she would work extra shifts to pay for his medications. And he was bedridden, his mind was gone pretty much. He was fed through a tube in his stomach, which she did everything wow. for eight years. Uh, she missed family holidays. She missed her grandchildren's events. She um, did everything for him for, I mean, eight years. I, I can't even tell you what a sacrifice. I say sacrifice. I don't know if she would describe it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, the most amazing thing about it was that she never complained once. Like, that not never like, woe is me or why me or poor me or I have to stay home again. Never. 
Like mm-hmm. she just took it on as her duty and her love for her husband and did it. She just had the, she was just an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. soul. I can't even tell she you. She definitely knew her purpose. Mm-hmm. She yeah. knew she that she existed to love other people. Yeah. And to, yeah. And to she, let Christ's love yeah. flow through her. Yeah. She, she absolutely did. And she was so, so close to Jesus and so close to her faith. And she even, um, my, even monetarily, like I, I can, there's so many examples I can give, but monetarily she had very, very little. Like she didn't, she didn't have a lot of money. She didn't make a lot of money, but yet she gave so much money to, even when she recently passed in June and I have, I was going through some of her things and now she had very little money left yet. I was, I was in charge of some of the financial things. She was giving her money away to like charities and kids in Africa and you name it. I, I, and of course I have to call and cancel all of these things, you know, when someone passes right. and I'm in, my jaw is just dropping to the floor. I'm like, this woman had literally nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it like makes me think of like the average person, like how much do you give of yourself? This woman not only gave herself and her spirit and her love to people, she's literally giving her money away and she had none. Wow. <laughs> so she was just an amazing, um, amazing soul and i think you know her greatest gift was even when she passed in that experience um that we had with her when she left this world nicole i see yeah. a lot of your aunt and you just i've known you that. for a lot yes. of years and yeah. and just the way that that you love on your community and you love on your kids you're very sweet yes i see a lot of her in you and you carry that that's that's a huge legacy that you Thank can you can continue to live out yeah kind of an honor of her compliment yeah (laughs) as you were talking about her I was like oh my gosh like you you embody like Tia said like parts of her and that's really I mean that's so evident so Mm -hmm. that's that's, really amazing to hear thank you you. that's like the highest compliment because (laughs) really it is because she was amazing so yeah it kind of leads me to one of the most challenging questions that we like to ask some of our guests but I really feel like you can handle it because you know Jesus you have the Holy Spirit and you have a grasp on who God says you are so tell us what is one of your favorite things about yourself like something that God created about you that you that you like hmm um <laughs> that's a tough question yes. to answer it is uh i would have i would have to say um i would have to say my my empathy mm-hmm. towards people and <laughs> i joke with my husband because he doesn't have like and maybe he's a physician so maybe you know he has to shut that down that side mm-hmm. of him you know, so that not feeling side otherwise you know he'd probably be most most physician would probably be I would be a blubbering Mm -hmm. mess Mm -hmm. with most of what he is but um for me uh I feel like I ever since I was young I've had this very innate um sense of of feeling people feeling people's emotions their sadness and their happiness and specifically like their sadness or their times of struggle Mm -hmm. and um I think it's helped me develop really deep connections with people yeah and I can't imagine not having that ability because I, I think, so that's why I like it so much, mm-hmm. but I think it's also a blessing and a curse because I think mm-hmm. I'm blessed that I can, I have that ability and I think it's helped me a great deal with my patients in the, in the field, the, the career path that I've chosen because I think it's helped me develop a lot of trust and um, connection with the people that I see, my patients and my clients. So I think from that standpoint, it's helped a great deal, um, but the curse is that it, you know, it, it, uh, 
keep, you know, it makes me sad. (laughs) You you can really go there. It's exhausting. Yeah, (laughs) It's very exhausting. But, um, so yeah, so I would, I would probably say that. What do you think is something that the Holy Spirit is kind of working on you? Kind of. Oh, oh, um, that's easy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things. No, um, like today, today, okay, yes, today would be, um, you know, I just launched my new book, right? And um, this has been an experience. There's a lot of things that have been thrown in my lap um, Mm -hmm. over the past month. And it's forced me to um, present myself in ways, hence the podcast, right? Right. <laughs> in ways that are very, um, you know, out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. way out of my comfort zone. And um, I think when you when you put yourself out there to the world in ways that you're not typically comfortable with doing, it creates a lot of fear and anxiety, and you know, fear of judgment, fear of all of these things because yep. it's the unknown. Right. And so I think you know. The Holy Spirit is work, helping me work on um, giving it to God and mm. not and giving that, and but not just you can say that, but actually doing it is much harder. Like yes. to really take the fear, and 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 set it aside and say, take care of, help me take care of this. Like take care of this. This is in your hands because yeah. I'm just going to do my work mm-hmm. as you know, hopefully, in the best best way I can, yep. and hopefully. You know, you can take care of the, the stuff that's not serving me at all, but mm-hmm. st- exists there. And that's a hard one. So I think that's mm-hmm. a constant, um, it's a constant struggle because it it's, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of newness and a lot. Of, I've had a lot of wonderful opportunity, but with that opportunity has come um, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things that have just been, oh no, I'm not sure if I can do that. Like just challenging me in, in with things that I'm like, okay, I, I can take that on. Yeah. But it, there's a lot of trepidation and right. you know what I mean? like fear sure. that, that's behind it. So that's what um, I think I've tried to yeah, that's really, really release. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I think we were constantly um, confronted with opportunity for mm-hmm. invitation. Mm-hmm. So we're we have opportunity all throughout our day to invite the Holy Spirit into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we do that, like the more aware we become yeah. of that and giving invitation to the Holy Spirit, then we understand like the measure. We start to understand the yeah. greater measure of who God is and what he can do. Yeah, so, that's so true. And really you're dealing in the supernatural. When you yeah. start to deal with fear and yeah. you're inviting Holy Spirit in, that's something that is so beyond our capacity to even handle. Right. But yeah. through but through prayer. Yes. And awareness in our yes. spirit. Yes. About, Absolutely. About that's what's exactly actually it. happening in the supernatural realm. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's yeah. incredible. Gosh, Nicole, I yeah. feel like we could talk all day long. <laughs> I'm so excited for you about your book. Thank you. And Thank um you. we really Thank do you. wish you well. It's already mm-hmm. a bestseller on Amazon, which is incredible. <laughs> I know. So everybody go check out Nourish Your Tribe for yeah. sure. Thank you. um, Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. That was such a great interview with Nicole. One thing that I love about her is she not only gave statistics, but you can tell that her statistics are from experience as well. Like Mm -hmm. she's actually interacting with kids and she's building relationships with them and she's discovering um the number of you know challenges that kids come come across because of health like um and so in her book she shares statistics about that but 
you also know that she's mm-hmm. out there, like connecting with kids, building building relationships, like I said, and I think that that's amazing. Like it's not just facts, yeah. but she's in it and she's seeing yeah. it for herself. And like we said, so. it was kind of a passion project. Yep. So mm-hmm. this is, yeah, this is an incredible book. I'm so glad that she gave so much of the kind of the passion behind it and what motivated her seeing all the kids, like you said. Um, Nicole also, she touched on at the very beginning some something about the struggle, that writing the book was worth it, it was worth the struggle um, in finding kind of that work-life balance as a, as a working mom. And um, I'm kind of the only working mom in the group, so I'll just, I'll say for sure that that is a myth. So women, please um, receive grace to recognize that that there's no such thing as work-life balance. All of the you don't put one on one side of the scale and another on the other side mm. of the scale and try to get them to balance. They have to just coexist and each part of your life is important. And I loved what Nicole said about modeling um certain values to her children through her work. Mm. This has been something that has been in front of me a lot this week and I mm. think that um I, I just love when God presents a theme to me and it and it's helping me this mm-hmm. week to know that I don't have to feel like I'm handling everything all the time. Yeah. Michaela, we talked a little bit about that this week, didn't we? Yeah, it's it's just learning your capacity. And sometimes you may not have as much to give in the time of life that you're in um, that you've had before. And so it is capacity and it's also having grace for yourself to just say, you know what? Like, I can't give exactly what I was able to give before such and such happened. Or um, because of the season that I'm in, like, I just, I can't do it all yeah. in the way that I've done it before. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's really freeing because then you're able to just operate from the present moment mm-hmm. instead of trying to operate from the past. And um, you just, yeah, you got it. There's, there's freedom right. in that, you know? Right. And Nicole is an example um, of that. Like, you can tell that she's really trying to live in the present moment and live from greater depth and yeah she's a beautiful beautiful person she is she is I'm so glad that we were able to have her on here in the new year so we hope that you guys are taking the opportunity um, to start fresh you've had you've had several episodes in a row now that kind of speak to self-care and soul care and just remember as you go throughout your week this week that soul care is not selfish that the more we look like Jesus, the more the people around us will see him. And so take care of yourself so that you can be of service to others and share God's love on this earth. You guys have an awesome week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.